Trash Can TV presents our musical classics with our 4th of July special tribute with such classics as Oh geez, can you see? Donut box on your feed. We would like for you to listen to our podcast each week. Oh geez, keep on growing with new CDs each week. For we need the money to feed our families. And who can forget, cause I'm proud to be a Donut Box Podcast OG. Mike and Chris make me laugh, they make me want to pee, so I'll proudly listen and subscribe to them each and every day. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this show. It's finally Monday. Well, to all of our American listeners, happy 4th of July. And to those in Europe, I guess it doesn't matter to you. But I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And this is our special 4th of July Donut Box Podcast. Well, Micah, it's 4th of July here in the States. Again, if you're listening in other countries, sorry, we know that this does not pertain to you. But 4th of July, it's actually one of my favorite holidays. I love the 4th of July. Yeah, for some reason, I love all the American holidays for some reason. 4th of July and Thanksgiving is my favorite. I mean, nothing says America more than gorging your stomach and popping off some fireworks for the 4th of July. Exactly. Uh, We never really did... Too many like big barbecues or like pot fireworks at home, but we would always go watch a fireworks show. So if you are new to the Donut Box podcast, happy 4th of July, or how we say it in Texas, happy 4th of July. So we are so glad that you are here. We are going to start off with our old-fashioned donut, a good old American classic, which is a story from our past. Now, these next few episodes we've been doing... Uh, picking back up with people from our past. And today we have a group of gentlemen that were great. Uh, So basically I'll paint the picture for you and then I'll let Micah kind of expound on these gentlemen. Uh, Micah and I grew up in church and we served with this homeless ministry. And part of what the homeless ministry did is they cooked the food at the church and then they would bring it down to a local bridge Uh, where a lot of homeless people gathered and they would have church services and then they would feed them. Well, there was a lot of prep work that had to happen during this time. And during the summer, Mike and I got to help out with these guys. And it was a team of these three guys and me and Micah that did most of the kitchen prep work. And I will let Micah take over the story from here. Yeah. And so we used to, um, we used to go out there every Saturday or every other Saturday. I'm sorry. And during the summertime, we would get to go during the week, so on Thursdays. And Thursdays were the fun day because Saturdays, of course, that's the day that we have to put everything together. You got to cook everything, you got to get it out the door by a certain time. So it's very, very like rushing and stuff. But um, Thursdays was always the really fun time because it was like the prep work, it was like the cutting and stuff, and everybody just took it real chill. And these guys were all older, retired guys, so they had nothing else to do. And so Chris and I are old souls at heart, so we all got along. Um, But the main leader of the main chef, his name was Stan. And he's he's a great guy. He only had one eye, actually. Um, 
<laughs> completely got a different glass eye. And just a side story, this guy was such a character. He literally one time was going to go get himself another glass eye, and he was trying to he was trying to convince us all to get a pink glass eye. And I really don't think he was serious, but he literally asked them is what he said. He asked them, and they didn't have a pink eye, or else he would literally have a pink glass eye. Um, but that was just the kind of guy he was. Um, so then there was his brother named Steve, and Steve and Stan were the typical brothers. They uh, they always, you know, were at each other. And then there was Eric. And Eric was, he was way different from the rest of the group. He was from St. Kitts. And so he had that really thick Caribbean accent. Really cool guy. Uh, and then sometimes we had this, this other guy uh, named Richard that would come along. And he kind of looked like Newt Gingrich. That's a side note. But um, tell some of the funny stories about these these guys chris well what you would have to know is stan was very overweight he was a very big man and uh he would he would always uh you know make fun of us or he'd always be picking at us and stuff like that and i was always on potato duty uh for some reason i always got caught up peeling the potatoes and if stan made too many jokes uh we knew how to get back at stan because we would tell his wife, and his wife would get on to him. And the way that she got on to him was she would usually take him out to his least favorite restaurant. And it was her favorite restaurant. It was called Ruby Tuesdays. And so whenever Stan was clowning on us too much, we'd be like, Stan, don't make us tell your wife. He'd be like, please don't tell Teresa. Please don't tell her. She's going to take me to Ruby Tuesdays again, and I hate it. All they have is a salad bar. I hate it. He's like, that's rabbit food. That's not for me. And uh, Stan was just funny. Apparently, he had tied up Steve uh, when they were younger. He They tied him up, his brother Steve that also cooked with us. They had tied Steve up to a tree and left him out there for hours. <laughs> like, they just tied up the brother, and they didn't come back for him. And they're all sitting around at that dinner, and they're like, where's Steve? And they're like, oh, crap, we left him tied up. But, yeah, it was funny. What's another great story about Stan? Another brotherly story that they told us is, uh, and this was actually the get back for tying him up to the tree there. So, um, <laughs> Stan was the younger brother. And so they got Steve, you know, tied up in the tree. There's like five brothers total. And they had told Stan, they said, we need you to go to the bottom of the well to look for something or inspect something. And it was Steve telling him to do it. So he's like, okay. So they lowered him down in the bucket like all the way down to the bottom of this well. And apparently there was a water moccasin down there too. And so Steve is like, or I'm sorry, Stan is like screaming and crying because he's like at the bottom of this thing. And, Stan, and uh, Steve and them just left them. They were just like, they were just like, that's for leaving me up on the tree. <laughs> he just literally just left them. And then, you know, they would always get into like this whole big bickering thing of like, that's not what happened. You don't even know what happened. It's it's like they turned into like 10-year-olds all over again. But it was funny because the room was divided. It was like Stan had a little team and Steve had a little team. And we all kind of did what we were supposed to do. But when it came to talking mess on each other, you had to stick to your team. So like we were on Steve's side. So if anything happened with Steve, we're sticking up for Steve. You know, and that's how it always was. Um, oh, here's another one. So each week they would get us donuts, right? Funny enough. Um, they would get us Krispy Kreme donuts. And 
So we would do that. And, you know, we talked about a, a, you know, homeless ministry pastor one time and may have been smoking something on the hill. This same guy, um, he had made the mistake of telling Stan, Steve, and Eric they could come into the warehouse where they kept all the stored food and um, get what they want, whatever they wanted. Well, they started abusing this just a little bit. And so one Saturday came and Stan tells Chris and I, hey, go over to the warehouse. And I don't even remember what it was. It was like something. It was like some sort of food of some kind. He's like, I think it was like those little pinwheels or something. He's like, go get us like some of those pinwheels. So we, we go over there and here's this homeless ministry pastor. And when we try to take that off the shelf, oh, he's living. He's living. Like, he gets really mad, and he was like, he's like, you tell them I got them donuts this week. And we were like, oh, okay, yeah. And we tried to walk off, and when we walked off, um, I just remember he aggressively turned on that truck, and we heard him, like, speeding off, and we thought he was coming to hit us for some reason, so we took off running. And so, <laughs> but yeah, they, they tended to, to make the homeless ministry pastor mad quite a bit. Well, we were always stirring up trouble. So I think one week we would be on Steve's side, and then the next week we'd be on Stan's side. And we would just always stir the pot, as Mike and I usually do. But the funny thing was, was of course, this is in Georgia. So Stan and Steve are country as mess. And uh, Eric, you he had such a thick accent that sometimes you couldn't understand him. And he'd be like, y'all, man, get me the potatoes or something. Like, he would, he would just talk and they'd be like we can't understand you eric open your mouth we can't understand you you're talking all that gibberish and he's like i'm talking english and they would just pick on him but uh funny story that is how uh the actual original donut show crispy cream show uh was birthed because after one day of us cooking in the kitchen mike and i we took the crispy cream donuts home and we we're in his room and we were like, you know what? We need to film a variety show. I think we were maybe like, I don't know, 15, 16 at the time. And we're like, what are we going to call it? And Michael was looked at the box. He was like, let's call it the Krispy Kreme show because it's a variety show. And we had a variety of topics. It was filmed on a single webcam. It was absolutely, I mean, it was pretty good for 15 year olds. Um, but it's not as good as the donut box is right now. It was set up kind of similar to the donut box. But that's a little origin story for you guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, one other thing about the the homeless ministry I thought was funny was uh, Stan was very creative, so he was a very good cook. In fact, I've learned how to cook a lot from him. He's always the kind of guy that um, he never like measured anything. He would literally just like walk over to something and just start dumping seasoning in. Somehow he'd just get it right. Um, I don't know what it is, but <clears throat> he. Uh, so we would always get these carrots and for whatever reason, I've never heard of this before, but homeless people are picky or they were at least in Augusta. I don't know. But so literally we would have to make the carrots. We would have to steam them. And Stan had this bright idea of let's make them like sweet potatoes. So we put like the caramel syrup and like the, you know, and the marshmallows on top and made them like sweet potatoes. And that's literally what we did. Every time we got carrots, he would just, we would just doctor them up, make them like sweet potatoes. And nobody ever told a difference. Well, that's pretty cool. Th those guys were fun to work with. And, you know, it was a good time in our life. Uh, so the next segment is 
the jelly donut, which is our jail report. Alright, Micah, I got three stories for you. They're pretty short, but they're pretty exciting. So are you All ready right. for this? Yeah, for sure. So this story happened actually two days ago. It was actually in the state of Vermont. A 24-year-old named Brandon uh, was getting arrested by state troopers when they arrived at his residence, and they were bringing in the young man and on charges relating to an assault and burglary charge case, okay? So the mom runs out there and she starts like attacking the cops and she starts like punching them and everything. And they're trying to still get this guy oh, in boy. handcuffs while also trying to get the mom off of them. Well, it turns out not only the mom got involved, but the dad got involved. So the dad had a excavator in his front yard and he hopped on the excavator and started swinging the excavator like handle right at the police officers and they have all this on dash cam footage i watched it and you can tell as soon as he hops in like he lowers it and he's about to crush their car like he's about to crush the state trooper's car and one state trooper like pulls out his gun and he's like he's like let me see your hands get on the ground and like he's trying to negotiate with them so he almost hits the car and then i guess he decides all this while his partner is still trying to fight with the guy to put him in handcuffs and the mom. And then the other state trooper is trying to control the dad. Well, then he swings the big, I guess, shovel part of it right at the officers. And, like, the officers have to get out the way. So, yeah, he was definitely booked on uh, charges as well. But a man got an excavator because he did not want his son to get arrested. That's crazy. Sounds like the whole family caught charges. Yeah, they all caught charges, man. I guess they were not wanting their son to, to go back, man. But just to think that he would use it excavator i mean i like if i were those state troopers i would like be like you know it's assault with a serious deadly weapon because that's heavy machinery they could he they he could have got killed the state troopers um so this next story happens in connecticut um two robbers called a bank before they entered it that they were and told them on the phone hey we're coming to rob you uh so get ready and so I have the money in 15 minutes. Yeah, had the money in 15 <laughs> minutes. This incident took place in Connecticut. And according to these thieves, they warned the bank. So the bank got threatened and collected the money for these two robbers in advance. Um, so Mr. Bailey, who was the guy that made the phone call, he sent his partner into the bank with a note to tell them that these are the same robbers who would just talk to you on the phone. These aren't different robbers. No, 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 no. We, we, we call the head. We got, we got our line waiting. So if you're another robber, we, we were here first. Um, so they got charged with first degree robbery and nine years prison. I mean, how, how dumb can you be, bro? Like, how dumb can you actually be? Listen, I'm going to call it in advance, and then I'm going to give them verification. Hey, remember who told you to gather up the money on the phone? Yeah, that was me, by the way. So you got those bags of money like I asked for, or what's happening? Exactly. I wouldn't have even collected the money. I would have just called the straight police, but maybe they called and were like right outside, and then they walked in. Okay. Uh, two, yeah. two more stories. Um. So this guy entered a house at night that was already burglared earlier in the night. So there were actually police officers that were setting up a sting operation because he didn't burglar it the night before, but someone else did. But there were cops waiting to catch that guy. And, you know, he just happened to stumble into the house and there were a whole bunch of cops. Uh, he tried to run immediately, but it was not easy and he got caught on the spot. So this is definitely 
definitely a dumb, just a dumb criminal. Uh, it says, before entering the police house, though, he tried to invade another house, but unsuccessfully and left marks of his blood on the wi uh, window. And so that way they were able to link him to the uh, crime scene. Wow. Um, well, it wasn't very lucky on his part, but still... Good grief. All right. And one more last story. Uh, interesting story. So these cops, it doesn't say where it was at, but these cops had gotten a list of guys that had like felony warrants in their county and they set up a sting operation and they basically called these guys and said, hey, we're from a so-and-so beer company. You just won a free case of beer. Come down to this bar to come pick it up. So these guys, one by one, just come down to the bar, pick it up, and then they get them for felony warrants, and they arrest them. Apparently, it was 19 guys. Really? Yeah, it was 19 guys. My thing with that is I feel like that's almost, as from an attorney standpoint, and I'm no attorney, by the way. I'm, I'm about as good as Vinny from uh, my cousin Vinny. Uh, I, would, I would file entrapment suits. Because I feel like that's doing it like under false pretenses. You know what I mean? Yeah, because they're they're falling into the trap. I mean, I don't know. I think some of the the sting operations that take place are a little controversial all the way around. I mean, a lot of times they're catching these people in the act, but at the same time, they're using methods to try to make it more enticing. As far as um, like the bait car stuff, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's very entertaining television, and it definitely gets you know, car thieves, but at the same time, if that car didn't have an open door and it's running, would they have gone and stole the car? You don't know. Yeah, or when it's like, it's a prostitution sting and they're like, they're the ones that are initiating the contact, like the police are the ones that are initiating the contact, then it kind of gets into muddy yeah. waters. But yeah, man, those are some, definitely some interesting uh, jail report stories. I mean, some of the dumbest, some of the dumbest criminals, and then some of just a, a guy using a a construction machine to get state troopers off of him. Yeah, this actually happened a couple of days ago. Um, but yeah, man, it's crazy. So the next segment is the donut hole, and I guess it's just the children's pastor in me coming out. And I know we played a couple games for the past couple weeks, but we're going to play a special 4th of July game. It's going to be the American Trivia Challenge. Are you ready, Micah? Oh, oh boy. Is this where you better pick some easy questions? I don't want to look like a bad American right now. Not on the forward. I included some easy questions and then some that are kind of, uh, I don't know. So uh, I have listed them in multiple choice fashion. So... We're already making you okay. eat pig's feet, and we'll film that video, and we'll shoot it. I won't make you eat pig's feet again, because it's the 4th of July. It's an American holiday. Dang it. And we're going to be nice. All right, so, Mike, are you ready for the American, American Trivia Challenge? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, question number one. Which city was originally the first capital of the U.S.? The United States. Was it A, Washington, D.C., B, Jamestown, C, New York City, or D, Philadelphia? Philadelphia. Final answer. I'm sad to say Philadelphia was one, but New York City was actually the very, very first one. Oh, I remember. Like, right after they relinquished it from the Dutch. That's right. Okay. 
Yeah, New York City was the actual very first one, and then Philadelphia, and then, of course, Washington, D.C. All right, Micah, this next question, it's an easy question. I'll give you a little softball question here. All right, how many British colonies existed in America? Was it A-12, B-13, C-11, or D-10? B-13, final answer. You are correct. It was the 13 original colonies, so good job. I figured I'd give you an easy freebie question in there. Also, just, just to say for everybody in Georgia, you were a prison colony. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Which state was officially the first state to become an American state to join the United States? Was it A, Virginia, B, South Carolina, C, New York, or D, Delaware? Oh, it's either Delaware or Virginia. I think it was... I really should know this. Is that your final answer? Yeah, I'm going to go with Delaware. Final answer. It is correct. Good job. Hey, I got a joke for you. What's up? What did, Dela what did Delaware... What? A New Jersey. Oh. That was pretty bad. <laughs> All right, Micah. Good job. You got two correct. Now, I have an easy one. Here we go. You ready for it? Yeah. Who wrote the Star Spangled Banner? Which, for those of you that are not from America, this is our national anthem. A, Francis Scott Key. B, friend, sorry, B, Ben Franklin. C, George Costanza. Or D, Thomas Jefferson. Really put George Costanza in there. Yes, I did. <laughs> Francis Scott Key, final answer. You are correct. Good job, good job. All right. Fifth question. Who was officially the first U.S. president to declare war? Was it A, John Quincy Adams, B, James Madison, C, Alexander Hamilton, or D, Archie Bunker? <laughs> you had to put Archie Bunker in there. Um, what was A and B again? A, John Quincy Adams, B, James Madison, C, Alexander Hamilton, or D, Archie Bunker? It's going to be B, final answer. You are correct. It is James Madison. Man, Micah is a great American. He knows he's only got one question wrong. For those of you who do not know who Archie Bunker is, he was a character off a 70s TV show called All in the Family. Good show, good show. All right, we are halfway through. We got five more questions. Question number six. Whose portrait was on the first U.S. dollar bill? A, Salmon B. Chase. B, Alexander Hamilton. C, Andrew Jackson, or D, George Clooney? I'm going to go with C, final answer. You are incorrect. It was actually Salmon P. Chase, or Salmon P. Chase, however you say that. I didn't want to put George Washington in there because that would kind of throw yeah. you off. Uh, but his, his picture did become on part of the dollar bill. All right, question number seven. How many U.S. presidents have been assassinated while in office? Is it A, 2, B, 5, C, 4, or D, 3? Oh, it's either 3 or 4. Um, I'm 3, final answer. Pretty sure it's 3. You are incorrect. It was actually 4. Do you know which 4 it was? So there was... Was it Buchanan? I don't think it was Buchanan. It was one of those... Not like early on, but kind of mid-teens presidents that got assassinated. Um, of course, there was JFK. Garfield? Was he assassinated? I feel like maybe. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I don't know. I don't know all of them. No, I, I thought three because 
for some reason, I always think about Ronald Reagan as an assassination, but it was just an attempt like he didn't get killed, so that doesn't count. It was actually James Garfield, Abraham Lincoln, William McKinley, and JFK. So those were the four. See, and I didn't even mention Abe Lincoln. That's like the most obvious one. All right, this is a technological question about American history. What year did Apple release the first iPod? A, 1998, B, 2006, C, 1994, or D, 2001? You said the first iPhone? No, the first iPod. iPod. 01. Final answer. You are correct. Good job, good job. All right, this next question, there is more than four choices, so you have to pick the two that the two choices that are correct, all right? My favorite. All right, in American history, there have been two father and son presidencies who were they is it a franklin roosevelt and teddy roosevelt b jerry stiller and ben stiller c john quincy adams and john adams d martin sheen and charlie sheen e george hw bush and george w bush or f denzel washington and george washington i just want to take a moment to to thank you for some of the choices in this question I really want to pick Ben Stiller and Jerry Stiller just off of principle, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, um, is John Quincy Adams and John Adams and then George W. Bush and George H.W. Bush. Final answer. You are correct. Franklin Roosevelt and Teddy Roosevelt were actually cousins, but I knew you were a smart guy. You figured it out. And hey, I had to throw some humorous ones in here. It's 4th of July. All right, last question to see how American is Michael. You've been doing pretty good. I think you've only gotten like three wrong or four wrong. So you're doing pretty good out of out of the ten. Alright, last question. Former President Obama, Barack Obama, installed which facility into the White House? Was it A, a tennis court, B, a movie theater, C, a bowling alley, or D, a basketball court? D, basketball court. You are correct. That is correct. I honestly thought there was a basketball court there before he became president, but apparently not. See, and my thing is, I absolutely love playing basketball. If I could have a full-size basketball court in my backyard, I totally would do it. So, Barack, you're doing it right over there. Well, I guess not living there now, but... I mean, I would want, like, a movie theater and a bowling alley and a basketball court. It's pretty great. So, thank you for playing our American American Trivia Trivia Challenge. Challenge. Good job, Micah. You are a great American. Uh, Salutes to you. Um, Way to know your history and trivia. So I'm going to toss it over to you. What is our next segment? It's one of our favorite segments. It's what fries my donuts. And Chris, ask me the question, man. Buddy, what has got you all fried up this week? Oh, and they turned the fryer up a few degrees on me. I tell you that much. It's when people don't trust the process. And I know that's incredibly specific, but let let me talk about this. Um, we as a society, I feel like, have gotten to the point where we have trust issues innate, and that really, 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 it, it stinks, and I hate that. And prime example, okay, so last couple weeks, um, I had to take somebody through the airport, which I love being in the airport, okay, I love flying. If you've heard any of our previous episodes, I really love aviation, I love flying and everything, and so... Uh, The whole thing that I was going to do is I was just going to take care of this person and literally just handle the tickets, the bags, everything. And what ended up happening in return 
and I've been through airports many times, and especially these airports that we visited, I've been through them many times, and what we got a lot, or what I got a lot, was the, where are we going? What are we doing? Are you sure this is the right way? Are you sure this is where we're supposed to be going? Hey, hold on. Why are we doing this? Isn't this where we're supposed to be? Even though you've told them a lot of times the direction and the path that you're going. And, you know, it's really representative of a lot that happens in life. That's just one specific instance. But a lot of times in life, it seems like, at least in, in my life, and it really aggravates me, even areas that I've been keen on for a long time, like aviation, people still don't want to trust that you actually know the process and you know what what's going on and what the right thing is in that situation they want to ask and they want to they they want to be so much in control they want, don't want to relinquish any of that control even though they're basically deferring to an expert and so i get that all the time whether it comes with work whether that comes with personal relationships it's I, you know i've always gotten are you sure are you sure do you know what it, like prove it to me and constantly, I feel like in life, we waste a lot of time because we're having to prove to other people because for whatever reason, innately, they don't believe that you know what's going on and that you know what you're doing. And so you have to walk them through another example. And maybe this is the industry that I'm in, but I answer, used to answer a lot of phone calls and do a lot of technical calls with people. And you'll be telling them how to do something. And you'll be almost to the end, and then they'll finally say, what are we doing this all for? I don't even understand. I don't understand why we're doing this. And you have to explain to them the entire process and basically talk them into, listen, we are on the right path. I promise you, we're almost done with this path. We're almost there. We're almost there. And so what really fries my donuts is we as a society have gotten to the point where people have messed with us so much to where we don't have that trust of, oh yeah, he knows what's going on. We've come in contact with people that either don't know what's going on or trying to get one over on you or something else to the point where we have to question these things all the stinking time to make sure that we are 100% on track. And I think that we as a society need to change that. And that really fries my donuts that we have to be in a situation like that where we're constantly having to explain ourselves just for basic everyday things that should be trusted, really. Well, it's funny, too, because on the flip side of that, there are people that just bl blindly follow people that are just telling them a whole bunch of garbage, and you're like, can you not see it? But I, it's like what you said. I think it is important to ask questions. But at the same time, if you are dealing with an expert that is in their field, like, don't question them. They went to school. It would be like, you know, if I went to the doctor and I said, you know what? I'm having chest pains. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, you know, it's not that bad. You know, you're not going to die. Uh, you just have heartburn. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I looked it up on Google and Google told me I might be having a heart attack. And he's like, well, no, I'm just going to tell you, just have the heartburn and, you know, take the medicine for it and it'll be okay. And I'll be like, no, are you serious? Are you sure? That man or that woman or whoever went to school, they went to medical school for a long time and they know what they're talking about and that's one of the things that fries my donuts too is like if i know what i'm talking about don't be like oh no 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 you don't know what you're talking about especially if you don't know the field that you've asked me about so i totally get it right and um, you know and i'm not saying that i'm an expert on everything but if i don't know something i'm going to tell you listen i don't know if i don't know where we're at 
you know, yeah, we're a little lost, but I'm trying to figure it out. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you, but the thing is, um, I think really, especially when it comes down to track record, right? When you have a really good track record of, and this is what I kept having to tell this person going through the airport, the instance again is, have I ever led you wrong? Have we ever gone to the wrong spot before? Have we made it everywhere we needed to make it on time to this point? Then you're just gonna have to trust me that we're going the right way. And, you know, I it gets a little frustrating that you have to tell people that sometimes. But again, it's it's because we've gotten to a point where so many times the rug's been pulled out from under us under circumstances that should be trusted to where I feel like now everybody's got to verify the trust. You know, okay, are we sure that this is actually what's going on and that this is correct? Do you know what's going on? And just to clarify, no, he's not talking about his fiance. If some of y'all are wondering, that was not the person that he was taking through the airport, nor was it me. Uh, so just wanted to clarify that. That way y'all don't don't come for his fiance. I'm not throwing shade on anybody. No, no shade thrown. There's no shade thrown at all, but... It is frustrating when you do explain that process and you do say, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. And then it's okay if you have to explain it maybe one, two times. But when they continue to question it, you know, and I'm sure that's how God gets with a lot of us sometimes not to go preachy on us. But I'm sure, you know, but as humans, we want to do it on our own. And sometimes we don't trust be like, you know what? I really do know better than that person. We may not say that. But it incoherently or subconsciously, we think that. But yeah, if you if you're asking somebody and they have a track record, you know they should be able to trust it. But I also get to having trust issues. But there's a healthy balance as with everything. Absolutely, and like you said, healthy balance with everything. And so that's all about what life really is, right? It's just a finding that healthy balance anywhere. So. But yeah, that, that's what fries my donuts. Yeah, man, I totally get it. Uh, well, hopefully the next time you go through the airport, it's a pleasant experience for you. Oh, it will be. We are going to segue into our mystery donut, which is our improv segment. And Micah, do you want to tell them what we got on the improv segment this week? Since it's the 4th of July, and this is the land of opportunity and equality, we are going to have a little improv sketch it's kind of like the coffee shop, except we're all going to be at a 4th of July event, and it's going to be as many accents as we can pull out of the hat. Now, I do want to prelude this. This does not reflect our personal views or the views that we work of the companies that we work for or the views of Trash Can TV. This is a sketch, comedy sketch. We are not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. I feel like you. I I feel like I have to say that now because anything you say will be get you canceled so just know we love all people of all races all backgrounds all walks of life okay so this is not directed with hate in our heart it's here to make you laugh so are you ready are you ready micah so um i think the scene what do you think about fourth of july fireworks yeah fourth of july fireworks slash barbecue i think that would be a great thing since it is the fourth of july all right sounds good all right, you want to start it off or you want me to start it off? I'll let you start it off, my man. All right. <laughs> I'm glad I got to make it out here. 
for the 4th of July. Oh, you big wetneck, you big wetneck. Why are you blowing that smoke in my face? You need to go back to the Appalachia where you fuck up from. Oh, I wonder if one of these redneck gonna buy one of your, your bait and tackle shop. Hey, 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 can we just get along over here? This is the 4th of July. We're here in America, the land of the free, the home of the brave. We shouldn't be fighting over here. Listen, what do you think? You're, you think you're gonna tell me? Somebody who's from Boston? How to how to talk and how to act on the fourth? Well, I tell you what, man, this is the greatest country that we ever lived in. Even though we got some of our differences, some of us on the left, we ain't gonna we ain't gonna make no fights about it. Some of us on the right, but some of us in the middle, we just gotta all come together and we gotta unite against the government because it's the government that's getting on us. But hey, happy Fourth of July! Didn't I tell you, uh, Jimmy John over there is gonna be red? Didn't I tell you? Who invited him out here? Hey, man, I'm just telling you right now, man. You need to stop bumping your guns, man, before I pull out this piece, man. I'm tired of y'all bumping y'all guns. I'm trying to watch the fireworks, man. Hey, get out of here with your dickies wearing ass. Yeah, we have our differences, but that's why I'm over here and you're over there. Hey, Holmes, you want to try to roll up to me and say that, man? That's on everything I love. I promise you I'll pull out this piece right now, and that's on God and everybody. That's on my mama and my kids, everything that I love, bro. Come over here, talking over here with your five kids. You're going to be rolled up like a burrito essay. Listen, all I'm saying is I'm trying to enjoy my modelo over here with my Juanita and my eight kids, okay? Why don't you get out of my face? Oh, I don't know why we fighting. Could they not spend any more, mo any more money on the fireworks show? Mm-hmm. Every time we come down here, there's always a fight. Always a fight between the folks. I can't stand it when they down here fight. All we try to do is watch these daggone fireworks. They down here want to say all sorts of stuff. Oh, let me tell you, last week, Latricia, my kid was down there. He got him some fireworks. He went down there. He got him four for $20. I'm telling you, him and all his little kids, they're going to pop some fireworks right now. They ain't even going to go to the fireworks show. All I'm saying is DeAndre better not spend no more of that money down there at at the, the at the stand that's all i got to say he better not do that i smack him upside the head he come back hey yo miss miss williams over here let me know if you need me to smack your son upside the head i got a couple of my boys frankie barone over here and big nose tommy we'll go over there we'll smack some sense into him oh my god we really need to stay away from that side of what's going on at the park because they're talking about fighting and gangs and guns and stuff. I didn't realize this was such a bad neighborhood. I might just take me and my friends, get back in my Jeep, and we're just going to go back over to uh, to Columbia County. I mean, yeah, Ashley, like, this place totally sucks. I only get, like, four bars out here. Like, oh my gosh, what do I look like? Poor people? And they're over here with Starbucks? And I'm like, dude, unless you're getting Dutch Bros, don't even talk to me. Do you want to go and go to Chili's and get appetizers and Mars? Oh, you two girl, you need to shut up all the time with your Starbucks and your Chili's with your white girls and your queso. All the time you're talking about queso this, feed me tacos and, and call me pretty. No, you fat. You fat like fat cow. Hi. Hey, Mr. Chang, that ain't no way to talk to them there girls now. Listen, you can talk to your people that way, but you can't talk to my girls that way. Tell you that much. Hey, Hans, we just need to be quiet and let everybody enjoy the fireworks, man. Hey, man, I just think everybody needs to stick to their own side. This is a nice neighborhood. This is a nice neighborhood. Y'all ain't gonna do this in this neighborhood. We're here to watch the fireworks, and that's what's gonna happen, and that's what we gonna do. Anybody else got a problem with that? I got some great idea. How about we just all go around 
We say what we're thankful for and we just tell everybody happy 4th of July in our own accents because this is the land of the free, the home of the brave. That's why America's such a great melting pot. Hey, I'm down with that. I'll go first. I'm, uh, I'm thankful for my girl and my boys and the rest of my kids and Modelo and Jesus and thankful for some other stuff too but it's not coming to me right now so next yeah man i just want to say i'm thankful for my five baby mamas and i'm thankful that i get to wake up every day and go down to the corner store and get some cigarillos and some pork rinds man and i got enough gas in my car and that i'm not even walking i'm not even homeless and that i ain't gotta sleep in a cell no more man i'm just thankful to god and everybody man <coughs> <coughs> i'm thankful for the 7-Eleven and Marlboro 100 Reds. Happy 4th of July! Go out there and buy yourself a scratcher! Alright, that was our improv segment. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Please don't cancel us. We had a great time doing that. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, so we are about to wrap up this podcast with our final thoughts, our eclair, which is our positive advice. And Michael, you went last week, so I'm going to go ahead and go this week. My positive advice is is to dream big and a lot of times in life you know when we're kids we have all these big dreams and you ask kids you know what they want to be when they grow up and some of them are like you know what i want to be a rock star i want to be an astronaut i want to do this and i want to do that and we have such big dreams as kids but then life and people tell us you know what that's not really realistic you should not really dream that big and I think sometimes we lose being able to dream for big things and we just kind of settle for things that are kind of attainable. And there's nothing wrong with making goals and making attainable goals. Of course, you don't want to always live your life with your head in the clouds and you want to make attainable goals. But if that's all you're ever living for and if your dream is not bigger than than you or anything that you can do, then you're not dreaming big. And so I just want to give you permission to dream big. Don't limit yourself. And, you know, even with this podcast, I mean, this was a dream at one point and we thought we'd never do it. And there's a lot of dreams that Mike and I have. And, so, and, I have, and there might be some people that are like, you know what? That's ridiculous. You want to do all these movies. You want to make up amusement park. That's ridiculous. But hey, we're dreaming big, so it's good to dream big. So that's just my advice to you is to dream big. And those thoughts live rent-free in my head, tell you that much. Um, but good work, Chris. And I'm, you know, we I say this all the time. We say this all the time. We never plan this out to begin with, but mine piggybacks off of that too. And I was going to piggyback also, also on what fries my donuts and trust your own process. That's That's really what it comes down to. I mean... Maybe we're not where we want to be. Maybe we, you know, don't let those thoughts limit you, okay? And what I mean by that is I see so many people, well, I'm 30. I really, I'm not supposed to be where I'm at right now. I'm just limited. And that limits the rest of your thoughts. Well, I'm just not as good as I thought I would be at this point. And no, that's not true at all. Life's past just taking you a different way. And maybe there were some decisions along the way, but don't let that past define you. Trust the process in which you're going and where you are going next. Trust yourself that you're not going to lead yourself astray. And even if you do, that you'll be able to pick yourself up and get to where you need to go. Just trust yourself and trust the process because doubting yourself is going to plant your feet in the wrong direction. And it's going to take you longer to where you get. So keep those goals in mind. Trust yourself that you are going through the process well and you're going about it the right way. Um, and adjust accordingly. 
if if you find out that you're not. Yep. Good word, man. Good word for sure. So we are still working on the website, uh, tbtrashcan.com, but it's coming up. It's going to be back bigger than ever. We thank you guys so much for listening to us. You guys really are uh, such a blessing to us, and we're happy that we have spent now it's going to be 32 episodes and upcoming 33 so we're on our way to 40 on our way to 50 and we're so glad that you guys are with us we're still growing so tell all your friends to like share subscribe tell all your friends to listen to us because we're we're growing we're slow but sure and we're up to 23 states you know 11 countries and four continents so we are so thankful that all you guys are here with us and i hope all of us in america you have a happy fourth of july uh so the, yeah that's all i got to say heck yeah and we'll have that website up soon but um have a great holiday guys and i'm micah and i'm chris and this is the donut box podcast happy fourth Din <laughs>